I'm Amber Lauva, journalist and blogger at Fashion Avenue, which is your one-stop shop for all things fashion and beauty, and welcome to my podcast. Today, I'm catching up with the queen of all things bouncy waves and bronzed, glowy skin, Emma Chen. Emma has spent the last 15 years as a hairstylist and makeup artist and has a huge and engaged social media following. There's no doubt she's in high demand, and her incredible work proves just why. I've personally had my hair and makeup done by Emma, and let me tell you, it was the best. If you want to know how Emma makes everyone look like a goddess and her best makeup and hair tips, then you don't want to miss this episode. Emma, thank you so much for joining me on the Fashion Avenue podcast. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. You're welcome. Um, Funnily enough, you actually did my hair and makeup for a shoot for Queen's Plaza here in Brisbane a few years ago, and I bloody loved it. Oh, good. I'm so glad. That feels like a lifetime ago. I know. I was thinking, I'm like, that has to be maybe three years ago now, I think. I think it was when I very, like when I first started, when I first went freelance. So yeah. I, I would say it's about three years ago. Wow. You've come such a long way. <laughs> oh, my oh, God. You. Oh, thank you. <laughs> and it was, it was funny because I remember us chatting when you were doing my hair and makeup. Yeah. Um, yeah. We're talking about colonics. <laughs> Um, of course. I'm always talking about all of the most inappropriate things. I'm, I'm a, I, I don't hold back. I'm an open book. So I, I don't doubt for a second that I was talking about that. <laughs> It was amazing. I think we're talking about like gut health. I think that was when I first Probably. found out I was like lactose intolerant. And yeah. then we were talking, it was, it was I'm just super hilarious. I'm passionate about gut, gut health. So I, I have no it. doubt that I would have had no qualms bringing that up in conversation. That's amazing. I just love it. <laughs> Maybe we could have another one. Um, Probably not okay. a normal conversation <laughs> that most makeup artists have, but you know. If it helps one person, it was worth it. Amazing. Well, it's 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 something I've definitely been thinking about <laughs> since then. So I had to bring it up. <laughs> I um, love that. Yeah, it's great. Um, <laughs> but since we got that out the way, I thought that was yes. a very important thing to break up. Of course. Um, I'm really keen to know about your journey. So tell me how you started off in the beauty industry. Um, so I actually had no desire to be in the beauty industry. Mm-hmm. I always had been pretty good at doing my own hair and I, you know, I'm 33 this year and I remember growing up, makeup wasn't anywhere near as big of a thing as what it is now. Mm-hmm. And the only thing we used to wear in school was like a $2 pressed powder from Crazy Clarks and those like roll-on, <laughs> you know, the oil lip glosses. Yes, oh my God. For like $2. Yes. That was like our, the extent of our makeup routine in high school. Um, Maybe a little bit of mascara and blue eyeshadow on weekends. That Amazing. was about it. Blue eyeshadow. Um, yeah, so... I feel like um, I never had that time to experiment to do, to do YouTube or watch it. So yeah. I never saw myself as a hair and makeup artist or, or had any desire to pursue it. I actually did photography in high school. I studied a cert three oh. um, in my last year, 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 year or two of school. And I used to do it every lunch break. I would go and work on my portfolio wow. and um I actually got accepted, but back then it was a private taste that did photography, and it was like ten to fifteen thousand oh dollars. And they didn't, yeah, because it was. And it, back then they didn't. I don't know why, but I think because it was private, there wasn't really payment options. And wow. I'm one of, I'm the youngest of four, and it would have been just such a stretch for my parents. And I remember just saying like, "Oh, I work at. I think I was working at a clothing store at the time. I'd 
had a job since I was 15. I used to work like Thursday nights, Sundays and Sundays. And I was like, it's yeah. fine. I'll just stay working at, I think it was Warehouse for Fashion, to be honest. Oh, um, yeah. And I was like, I'll just work here. It's fine. I'm not worried. Like, I don't want you guys to spend all that money and you're not even guaranteed a job. Yeah. Back then there wasn't really like, I didn't have a computer. We didn't have iPhones. Oh, so it God. seemed really hard to get into that kind of industry. Yeah. And unless you knew people. So my mum actually enrolled me into hairdressing. Um, and I was like, well, I'm pretty good at hair. I'll just give it a go. It's not something I'm going to do forever. I'm just going to do it for now. Yeah. And eight years later, I was still ahead. <laughs> <laughs> go mom. Yeah, that's right. So I, I mean, I loved hair and I loved the industry and I, I knew that I loved beauty, but I just never saw myself long-term doing hairdressing for the rest of my life. I just wasn't a super confident cut and colorist. I wow. had a great clientele and I think I was pretty good at it. And But I just, I was such a nervous hairdresser and I just overthought every color that I put on. <laughs> and I just, I never felt like a total natural and I found it quite stressful, you know, right. the, you know, never being able to eat properly, not being able to go to the toilet when you need to go. Yeah, working, my goodness. You know, I used to work crazy weeks, no two days off in a row. And I just, found it all um it's so not what it's cracked up to be back yeah. then especially um and so I actually then went and barbered for three years oh wow um, yeah which a lot of people don't know I, a friend of mine he had a salon um in Milton his name's Mark he owns a squire male grooming and he's still one of my favorite bosses to this day wow. he was amazing he had this barber shop and he I worked for him full-time for I think a year and a half mm-hmm. and then I ended up going part-time and I was doing like 30 hours in two days or something wow I was doing um pretty big hours in two days and then the other days I would work for my mum at her clothing store and just do people's hair from home oh my goodness. and yeah and basically um I put myself through a makeup course because I was bored and I didn't want to do hairdressing <laughs> anymore I didn't want to be a barber anymore I was ready to get out of the industry but I just could not get another job I applied for a receptionist job I applied oh. for you name it and I could not even get an interview because I'd only ever been a hairdresser really yeah right um and so I ended up doing this makeup course at a board and just thought it would be something good to add to my qualifications. I did this course, fell in love with makeup, and pretty much the rest is history. Oh, my God. Yeah, I did this course, and then I I went in – I was actually a subcontractor for another company for a year, so I did weddings on weekends for them. Right. And then my husband was like, if you're going to go freelance, you've got to do it now. You know, like he was the one who pushed me to do it, and – he was like, you know, just work any odd job you can during the week so that you're available on weekends for weddings and you can build up the business. And yeah. I think during the week I did release teacher's aiding. I scrubbed wow. dishes at my brother-in-law's kitchen. Wow. I did, you name it. I just took any jobs I could during the week to build, help support me and bring in some income while I built up my business. I had two weddings booked when I w- went like completely freelance. Oh, my goodness. So, yeah, so I, I started from the ground up and um, that's pretty much how it all started. Wow. And you seriously, like you didn't even intend to become a full-time no, makeup artist. Like, it No, just... it's right. And it's funny because I, I always knew I loved beauty and I loved the industry, but I just didn't know where I sat in the industry or what part of the industry really made me happy. Right. And it wasn't until I, I went and did my makeup course and I started doing a bit of hairstyling. I never 
thought I was that good at it because in salon you don't do a lot of upstyles or mm-hmm. um, and because I've been barbering for the past three years or so I just didn't think I was that great at styling and it wasn't until I started doing a few makeups they asked me to do hair and I realized that um, hair and makeup styling was what I was felt good about what I liked what I was good at and mm-hmm. it just came really naturally yeah wow and so how far in were you when you decided to go freelance so um, I had been working, I'd been subcontracting for another company for a year right. uh, after I finished my course and I was pretty miserable. It, it's hard working for someone else mm. when you do makeup because although I didn't, it wasn't like I was working at a counter, I was still freelancing. So I still had to use all my own kit. It was still my own insurance. It was still my own business, but somebody else was in control of bookings and procedures and took obviously a cut. And I found that really hard not having that relationship and that connection with the bride. Yeah, right. And somebody else having that control. And, um, you know, I... I had some good and some crappy bosses over the years. And um, I remember when I was freelancing and I was working for somebody else, I just, I never felt great about my skills. I never felt um, like I was good enough that all that my work was really great. And I remember I felt quite deflated when I went freelance. I never thought I'd be able to make it or that I was good enough to do hair and makeup and create a business of my own. And it was my husband who was always my number one fan and really pushed me to go freelance and give it a go. And it wasn't until I left working for this company and I pursued my own dreams and what I wanted and what I wanted my brand to be about and what I wanted to be known for and how I would run things um, that I think my skills and my craft really developed because I was able to kind of express myself and create things that I liked and, you know, follow procedures the way I would do it. Yeah. And I think that that was the turning point for me. And it actually was the best thing I ever did for my self-confidence and for my creativity as well. Yeah. It's it's funny how sometimes you can have those more like negative experiences, but in a way you're kind of glad that you did have them because then... Absolutely. And everything in that Everything that I did over the years, good or bad, and horrible bosses and then amazing bosses have led me to where I am. And I know for a fact I wouldn't be in this position if I had had not had those experiences. 100%. That's so good. And you've come such a long way. So what is it about hair and makeup that you like the most? I think with hair and makeup, the main thing for me is the the, the creative outlet that it gives me. Yeah. I, even when I did photography, I love portrait photography. I always took photos of faces, Mm -hmm. whether it was men or women, but especially women. I just, I just find women so intriguing and beautiful and when I look at somebody's face to do a makeup, I do see it more as a canvas. And I never follow a rule book when it comes to makeup. I never really, you know, study when I had to study the theory of makeup, I never really took a lot of that on because yeah. I feel like makeup is such a visual thing. And I, I kind of treat it as I, I really create um, and lift the face and work with people's features to enhance them. And um, I think it's an expression. And for me, I think that that's what I love the most about makeup. Yeah. I also love the ability to make somebody feel amazing. Yeah. Like that 
feeling when somebody looks in the mirror and is so happy that like that makes it worthwhile. Hundred percent. It's it's amazing like getting your hair and makeup done. You come out and you're yeah. like, Oh my god, I look yeah. great. And we live in such a fast paced world that when somebody else does your hair and makeup, they see your face so differently, you know? Yeah. And even yeah. when I get my makeup done, I'm like, I would never have thought to use that colour or to yeah. You know, to do that shape with my eyes or to create that that look. So um, I think it's nice to take a step back and relax and have somebody else, you know, take over and see how they kind of interpret your face. Yeah, I really like that. Actually, recently I I got my makeup done and um, it was funny, like the even the brow color she used was a lot darker than what I'd used, but it actually Mm. turned out really nice. And I was like, oh, I've never thought about that. Like, yeah. I yeah, wouldn't have just exactly. Yeah, I wouldn't have done that myself or gone out and bought that shade. But now I'm like, hey, like it actually worked. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. for sure. So I want to jump into some makeup and hair related questions for you, since you are amazing mm-hmm. at what you do. Um, yes. So let's start off with hair. So yeah. you are like known for creating the most beautiful bouncy waves. I'm obsessed. Yes. Oh my god, so voluminous. <laughs> I love it. Please give us some tips on how to get our waves looking full and beautiful. I think with hair. It's a personal preference, but I prefer hair to be silky, fluffy, clean. Right. Which okay. a lot of hairdressers and a lot of stylists, when they're styling hair, prefer it next day dirty. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas I'm actually the opposite. And I think that by having clean, fluffy hair actually gives you more volume right. and texture. And I actually, a lot of my my styling students are usually quite surprised because I, I don't over smooth the hair. I work with the fluffiness and the texture and the natural wave of somebody's hair. Right. Um, and I think the secret with waves is not weighing down the hair with tons of product. Okay. So um, I use an amazing product from White Sands called Liquid Texture. Okay, yeah. It's a really strong product, so you only need like one spritz per strand. But it's an incredible styling product to help aid your wave last, to protect it against humidity. And it also does give it a bit of shine as well. But that product is lightweight, so it's not going to weigh down the hair, especially with hair like mine that's super fine. The more product you use, actually, the worse my hair turns out. Same. Um, Oh, my God. (laughs) Yeah, which a lot of people, a lot of stylists and a lot of people at home sometimes misinterpret that. Yeah. Um, And so then my favorite hairspray of all time is NAC Make Mm. a, I think it's called Fixation. Yes, I love NAC. Oh, my God. Yes. And they're Australian, they're vegan, they're amazing, Mm -hmm. and it's only $10 for this huge jumbo size ball of hairspray. I've been using that since the day I started, and I still use it to this day. I get sent tons of free hairspray, and it's still the spray of my choice. Um, It's incredible because it's a styling spray, so it's not like a traditional lacquer. It's totally brushable, so I can create multiple hairstyles on set, Mm -hmm. but it holds. Um, So those two products for me are are my ride or dies. And I think that is the main secret is great product. I don't use a lot of those volumizing powders or things like that. Mm. I personally just don't like them. I don't think they're necessary. Yeah. I think also to the tools that you use. So using a really good quality curling wand. Um, so I prefer a curling wand to a straightener. I think you create more volume and body and it's more of a set with right. a wand than a straightener. So my um, wands of choice, I would mm-hmm. say, um, <laughs> are the H2D, which is also a Gold Coast-based company. I love yeah. They're a family company. H2D, I've been using them also since before I went freelance. I have H2D, um, just saying. I've yeah. got the five-piece set. Is that what it is? And it's got all yeah. the different sizes. 
See, I only use the three because I find right. that the five, most people who are from home, like do their hair at home, they don't need the five. Right. The three is more than enough, but they're great because they're detachable. So you can yeah. change the size of your curling wand and the head and create all different size barrels. Mm-hmm. Um, great value, um, incredible company as well. And all of these brands I'm mentioning, I don't have any sort of kickbacks from. They're just brands that I love supporting. And yeah. I've always worked with these brands since the day I started. So, mm-hmm. um, and then also to Cloud9 and GHD both make incredible curling wands as well. Oh, High quality curling wands that smooth the cuticle, make the hair look really glossy and shiny. Awesome. And just a question when it comes to kind of curling to get those amazing waves, what direction yeah. should we be curling our hair? So I tend to tell people to part their hair down the center. So all the way down to the back. Mm-hmm. So from the center of your forehead, all the way back down to the center of your neck and then part the hair forward on each side. And then yeah. you want to curl I think the most flattering direction is having the hair coming back away from the face right so you want to curl the hair on each side back away from the face so it meets in the middle the back of your head right okay perfect and then do you because I find sometimes when people want to get the beachy waves look and then they get upset because they still have curls I feel like people forget to brush out oh my gosh brushing is like (laughs) the most important aspect and also to um don't be afraid to brush if you have finer hair, sometimes it doesn't hold. Sometimes actually by combing more, create more volume yeah. and expands the width of the hair, which makes it look thicker and fuller. Yeah. Sometimes if you have finer hair, a comb is a better choice than a brush. Right. But if you've got that thick, long, beautiful hair that holds really well, a good brush will go, you know, will create beautiful waves. Awesome. Okay. Awesome. And so what products are going to be our best friend when it comes to styling? So I think, again, a a really great heat protectant or styling aid, like the White Sands Liquid Texture, Mm -hmm. great hairspray, like the NAC um, Fixation are my two favorites. And then a texture spray. So if you want to use a texture spray, I've got two favorites. One is can't remember how you say. I think it's Kirsten East. E-double-S. Oh, yeah, the one that's uh, they um in Priceline. In Priceline, yeah, yeah. and yeah. she's an incredible stylist from America who I followed for years, and she brought out her own range. And she has a texturizing spray I've been using lately that I bought at Priceline. And I really like it. Awesome. And then Kevin Murphy make an incredible one called Bedroom Hair. Oh, okay, lovely. Love the <laughs> so, name. <laughs> yeah, so Kirsten's one is a little bit lighter, so I'd say that's better for finer hair. Whereas yeah. the Kevin Murphy has a little bit more grit and hold, so I'd say that's better for medium to thicker hair. Okay, awesome. Good tips there. That's good to know Mm. because I think sometimes because we all have different types of hair, you don't really know what's going to work for you. No, and less product is better, I think, that starting off with less and building up is always better. Great. Okay, so I've got a few other questions with hair. So dry shampoo for styling, yay or nay? Yeah, absolutely. I only use dry shampoo, though, if it's necessary. Again, I'm I'm, I'm all about less is more. So if somebody does have super fine hair, I usually, if I'm on set, I won't use it at the start of the day. I'll use it around lunchtime after they've been a bit sweaty, after they've been touching their hair while they're modeling or what have you. Myself, I actually have super fine hair that needs washing every day. Just because my hair's so fine, there's not as much hair for the oil to absorb into, so it looks oily more quickly than most people. Same as mine. Oh, my God. Yes. And we produce, usually we produce around the same amount of oil as most people. It's just that we don't have as much hair for it to absorb into. Yeah, yeah. 
So I tend to carry in my handbag a little travel size dry shampoo. Okay. And they're great because you can actually take them on flights, which a lot of people don't realize. So oh. I carry the travel size dry shampoo in my bag, which I actually use when I'm on flight because um, flying makes my hair super oily as well. Yeah, same. Um, and I usually just carry it so that if I am going out later that night, I can just refresh my hair yeah. and give it a little bit of body. So I prefer to use dry shampoo as needed throughout the day mm-hmm. rather than at the start of the day. Right. And uh, how important is heat protectant for our hair? Oh, it's so essential. Um, a lot of styling aids do have a little bit of heat protectant in them. So have mm-hmm. a look at whatever you're using. Um, but a heat protectant is super crucial. Some people just have that hair that can like iron or tong their hair all day, every day, and it's fine and it never dries out and it, you yeah. know, it looks incredible and shiny. And then other people just have that hair that doesn't like heat, that's super sensitive and fine and needs a ton of attention and care. Yeah. So um, a heat protectant is crucial and getting a really good quality one, I think, is important. Carastars make a really great one, okay. um, yep. which is a leave-in one um, or any sort of like, I know Paul Mitchell make a really good heat protectant, Swatchkoff make one as well. Mm-hmm. And actually the Swatchkoff dry shampoo is the best dry shampoo I think I've ever used. Really? And it comes in um, blonde, brunette, and dark as well. Oh, that's good doesn't leave residue. It's super light, and it comes in minis as well. Cute. Oh, that's, Big bottle that's as well because I go through dry shampoo in like two days. I've used a whole <laughs> bottle, and it's expensive. It so, is. Oh, um, my God. It's really expensive. So I, I, my brand of choice for dry shampoo is Swatch Cough. It's great, and they wow. make a good heat protectant as well. And that's a big call because there are some massive like favorites when it comes to yes. like dry shampoo. Dry shampoo. Oh my yeah. god. Okay. So I worked with Swatchkoff this year and I remember d- trying the dry shampoo and was like, well, I'm ruined now because I can't use anything else. <laughs> it's my favorite. So That's good to know. Love that. Yeah. Okay. And I want to know some tips on creating the perfect like messy textured ponytail. I think just creating amazing texture in the hair before mm-hmm. you try and put it into a ponytail. A lot of right. people curl their hair once it's in a pony. Yeah. Um, which is, you know, which is great. But I find that if I te- if I tong the hair, spray in some sea salt spray or some texturizing spray um, and then put it into a pony, it's so much easier to create texture and volume. Right. Um, and it, the, kind, the hair kind of just like sits better. You can, I, I don't know, you know, sometimes you just put your hair up and you're like, oh my gosh, that works so easily. Yes. <laughs> I didn't have to do it, you know, 14 times. Yeah. Um, I think by creating that texture and curling the hair before. Also too, I always tip everybody's hair upside down and give it a good spray with a texturizing spray or hairspray then flip it back and put it into a ponytail and you'd be amazed how much easier it is to create volume and and for the hair to look super full. Yes. You know what? It's really funny. I always, if I, because I have the finest hair, so my hair goes yeah. flat yeah. so easily and it's so annoying. So like in during the day or during the night, if I'm out, I will go into the bathroom and flip my yeah, hair. Yeah. yeah. And then I'm like, yeah. whoa, I'm ready. Yeah. And even put it under the dryer in the bathroom. Oh my God, For yes. a hot minute with your head upside down, you'd be amazed. Oh my God, I'm going to do that. Yeah, yes. absolutely. Oh my God, Don't yeah. let you send it to me. Oh, I will. 100% <laughs> I will. <laughs> and this is probably probably a bit of a weird one and I hope it's yeah. a dumb question but no. I kind of want to know do you have like 
favorite kind of like hair ties that you use. I'm asking yep. because I have super thin hair and sometimes I feel like I'm using the wrong ones. Yes. So these are just my personal favorites, but mm-hmm. I have very, very fine hair and I prefer scrunchies. Right. I'm a yep. massive scrunchie girl, especially for damage as well. Yeah. Like, um, I find by tying my hair up every day for work, mm-hmm. I was creating breakage around my face from tying the hair back so tightly. Yeah. Um, it's the same, the, like any anybody with fine hair, I find scrunchies make the hair look fuller. Mm-hmm. My buns, my top knots look fuller and thicker. Yeah. I find too that it doesn't um, crease or bend the hair as much. Okay. Um, so if you, you don't want to create a, a, a hairband line in the hair, the um, like a hairband, I call them lackeys. Yeah. We grew up calling them lackeys. Um, you know, a, a traditional elastic would create more of a harsh line. So yeah. I buy all my scrunchies, believe it or not, a lot of them from Sports Girl. Really? Um, yeah. yeah, I'm a big – personally, I wear scrunchies every day. Yeah. Um, and then when it comes to when I'm working and I'm using actual hairbands, I buy mine from Priceline. Okay. And I tend to buy um, the hairbands that are a traditional hairband, a lucky, mm-hmm. but they're more of – I'll have to find out the name for you so you can um, note it down for anybody who's interested. But they're the traditional hairbands, but they're in more of that material um, oh, okay. sort of texture. But yeah. I, I, I don't use the coiled ones, the plastic ones that everyone loves. I, I mm. personally don't like them. Yeah. Um, and I tend not to use the ones that are like a rubber band yeah. either. So. So with work, I, I normally use the traditional lackeys or when I'm doing styling on shoots, I use rubber bands and I thread two bobby pins through the rubber bands Ooh. and you put a bobby pin in the top of the ponytail and then you wrap the band around and anchor it back in through the other side with the other bobby pin. So the, the hair elastic, the, well, the rubber band is not actually going around oh, the my. hair and damaging it like a normal elastic um yeah. but that's usually just when I'm on set more yeah. of an on set thing right um but yeah you've got to find what works for you but scrunchies mm. all the way you know what I do love wearing a scrunchie because like I feel like if I'm going to work and I'm working you know eight to ten hour days you don't I get, get a headache. massive headache <laughs> yeah yeah you don't get headaches so yeah no I'm yeah. A, a massive fan I would never go back Yes, I actually have a couple of scrunchies I got from Ruby and I'm always like, where's my damn scrunchie? I know, I've oh got my them God. all through the house like bobby pins. They're in oh. every drawer. You know what? I'm going to go to Sports Girl after this and I'm going <laughs> to go buy some. <laughs> I'm actually yeah, going to go have favorite. a look. Yes, okay, I'm going to go have a look because I need more and I don't have enough mm-hmm. colours. <laughs> you know, I need them for my outfits. Essential. Exactly. Now, for makeup, so you are the queen of like bronzed, glowy skin and beautiful like blown out smoky eyes. So how do you like to like prep this skin for a glowy look? I think skin um, skin love and skin care is the most essential part of any makeup. And mm-hmm. I think I'm so glad. I remember when I first started, it used to blow people's minds like three years ago when I would show them or tell them how much prep I put into skin. Because yeah. back then I feel like everybody just primed and then threw on their foundation and off they went. Yes. And I was always, because I think of hairdressing, I understood that you can't just go and throw a color on and expect it to look incredible. You've got to put the groundwork in. Yeah. And normally you're putting on, you know, four or five different colors to create that that one beautiful seamless color. Mm-hmm. And so I used to spend 15 minutes at least prepping the skin before any primer or foundation went on. Okay, right. And I feel like there's been this huge change in the market in the last couple of years and people are really, a lot of artists and consumers are really now investing that time in skin prep yeah. and skin care. So 
you need a great canvas in order for your foundation to sit properly. And a lot of the time people discount a foundation because it's not sitting correctly, but usually if they just um, hydrated and evened out the texture of their skin first, the mm-hmm. foundation would sit a lot better. Yes. So skincare for me, my, my kind of go-to products at the moment, I would say it changes all the time depending on the weather and the client that I'm working on and the skin type. Yeah. But some of my favorites are Estee Lauder Advanced Night Repair Serum. Yeah, that's a Love massive that. favorite. Yeah. Yeah, massive favorite. I tend to use that um, mostly when I'm working indoors, okay. um, so in studio. And then um, another amazing product for super dry skin is the go-to skincare oil. Oh, okay, um, yep. It's an incredible product too. I use that to mix in illuminators and put it all over the decolletage. Okay, um, nice. I love Charlotte Tilbury Magic Cream. Oh, yeah. I've heard good things about that. I haven't tried it yeah. though. It's not great for us in summer because it is very, very rich, but it's right. an incredible product for winter and super dry skin. Okay. Um, skin Elixir um, by Becca is an incredible serum. Okay, yeah. So if you don't like something as active as the Advanced Night Repair Serum or you don't wear a sunscreen because you probably need to wear a sunscreen with the Advanced Night Repair Serum, mm-hmm. um, I tend to use the Glow Elixir if I'm working outside with models. Right. Um, and then eye creams are so essential. Everybody should be using an eye cream. Yes. So my personal favorites are um, Ella Besh actually make a cream intense balm, which I actually use under the eyes. It's like a little bit of a lubricant, super hydrating. I feel like it creates a beautiful surface for your concealer to sit on. Mm-hmm. Um, or another eye cream I'm using at the moment is Estee Lauder um, Advanced eye cream. I think mm-hmm. it's the night repair eye cream. Yeah. MAC make an incredible anti-fatigue eye cream, which has caffeine in it. Oh, okay. And that really helps to plump and um, kind of, I just sort of like, you know, when you're looking a little bit tired and sallow under the eyes, it really mm-hmm. helps to plump and hydrate under that eye area. Um, so those are probably like my go-to skin products at this moment. Um, and some incredible primers are Becca. They make a first light and a backlight priming filter. And they're beautiful. I even use those when I'm not wearing any makeup because they just kind of put a nice glow on the skin and smooth my skin and make it look the texture look a bit more even. Yeah. Um, but personally, I don't use a lot of primers. They're probably my only two um, primers, traditional primers that I use because I think if the skincare's there and you're hydrating that skin and, and creating a beautiful canvas, you don't need a primer as yeah. such to save the foundation or to make the foundation sit really nicely. If somebody's super oily... I will use the Becca Ever Matte Primer, mm-hmm. which is um, Bride put me onto this actually. It's oh. the most incredible primer. It is a life-saving godsend product really? for anybody who's oily. Yeah. Oh my god, I need to go get it because I'm really oily. Yeah. My teas are in it. It's so annoying. Yeah. So you want to keep that away from your under eyes. You want to keep it literally just in the areas where you do um, experience any shine right? Um, because it's so strong. It lasts forever. But the main thing is a lot of people think because they get shiny when they wear makeup, that they're oily, but sometimes it's actually the opposite. Sometimes it's because you're super surface dry and your skin's overcompensating and it's making, creating more oil. You think you're oily. Mm -hmm. Um, So sometimes by having really hydrated skin and treating the skin as dry, it will prevent you from getting as shiny. But this is all skin prep that your clients and your models and you and brides, they used to kind of consultate their skin at their trial and then I would send them off to a therapist friend I knew and get their skin in the right place so when the wedding day came the the skin was prepped 
it was the pH. Everything was was functioning normally and beautifully. So the the makeup sat so much better, and I didn't have to work anywhere near as hard to create a beautiful canvas. That's amazing. I love those tips because I feel like people really overlook skincare. And absolutely, even some and of my friends got, don't even yeah. bother. And I'm like, what do you mean? <laughs> and the thing is, too, if your skin is in great shape, you don't wear as much makeup. Exactly. And you don't need to overcompensate by piling on a ton of foundation and concealer and what have you. When my skin, when I'm really giving it love and I'm putting that time in, I find that my makeup routine, the time that's involved mm-hmm. is a lot less, but also to my makeup looks better. Yes, so true. And you know what? The best compliment, probably like, yeah, it's nice for people to compliment your makeup, but for someone to compliment your skin so much better it's like saying you've lost weight for me it's the same feeling (laughs) (laughs) so funny but it's such a massive compliment you're like oh my god really thank you it's true there's that meme that's going around um about you know i'll have to read it to you it's about skin and how you give it all that love and it just doesn't show you any love back yeah um and it's so true there's this i'll read it to it's like why is my skin always trying to play me do you not see me buying expensive things for you taking the time to figure you out hydrating so much i've got to pee every two seconds what is your what is your love language what will make you happy how do i love you so true. You know, we all it have is. the same struggles. Yes. Yeah. Oh my God. I love that. That's so relatable, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I know you often work with like cream and liquid blushes and highlighters. So yeah. what's the best way to apply these and why do you choose like these over powder at times? Yeah. For me, skin should look like skin and I want to create dimension on the face as well. So I create matte and luminous areas. Right. Um, if you've got too much glow all over, you just look like gold metal. You know, and and you're actually you're actually highlighting textured areas or areas that you don't want to draw attention to. Yeah, you know, like the pores on either side of your nose or on this. You know, I know I've got I'm oily olive skin, so I've got larger pores in my T zone. I don't want to be highlighting those. I don't want to be drawing attention to those. If Mm -hmm. you've got textured skin or problematic skin, you want to create matte and luminous, um, you know, dimension in the skin. The thing is, if you do suffer from acne or problematic skin, you want to create more of a matte surface um, in those areas because it will stop the skin looking as textured. Right. So if somebody does have acne on the cheeks, a lot of the time I will stick to more powders and Mm -hmm. and powders that have a little bit more of a matte finish. A little bit of sheen is, is okay, but I definitely wouldn't go highlighting the tops of the cheeks if there is um, lumps and bumps there and textured right. skin because yeah. I'm going to be drawing attention to it. Yeah. So it's, you know, every case is different and some artists, you know, they still put highlighter on textured skin. It looks amazing. But these are the kind of how I follow and, and the steps that I take when I'm looking and working with different skin types. But the reason why I tend to most of the time use liquids is because it imitates the skin and it is the most natural um, finish, I think, rather than a matte finish. So I will create a matte finish through the T-zone but keep the cheeks and the tops of the cheeks looking really dimensional and luminous and glistening. And so when the light hits your face, um, you know, those high points really 
um, you know, bring out the best features. Right. So liquid blushes for me um, are probably my favorite thing in the world. I use a few um, cheek stains and I use traditional cream blushes. NARS make an amazing liquid orgasm and liquid mm. luster are my favorite. Okay, yeah. Um, Glossier make cloud paints, which are great for eyes, cheeks, and lips. They're a mm. great little stain. Um and I love using a cream blush. And then if you are a little bit more of an oily skin type, sometimes I'll set that then with a pressed um, blush as well. Right. So Becca make incredible blushes. My favorite is Tiger Lily. Oh, okay. I'm going to... Tiger Lily is a little bit more of an orangey um, sort of finish and it's beautiful and it just works on all skin types. So you just go a little bit lighter with it if you're a little bit fairer. Right. Um, and so um, also to the pressed in the NARS luster and orgasm are incredible. Um, mm. So they're probably my favorite creams and pressed products. And mm. then highlighting, I find liquid highlighting, it looks like your foundation is dewy in all of the right areas yeah. rather than seeing that glittery, cakey, matte highlighter on the tops of the cheeks. Yeah, right. Yeah. So I personally have always used cream highlighters. Favorite cream highlighters are, oh my God, Becca, I just went to New York and um, I hosted the launch of the new Champagne Pop Collector's Edition. Oh my God, um, I love Champagne I Pop. know, <laughs> it's uh, such an iconic highlighter and they just released a liquefied version of Champagne Pop. And oh it's my the God. Silk, it's silk highlighting drops and they're like a highlighting drop in, and they have this silky finish. So they're not glittery. They're not metallic-y. I've tried others and I, I used to use a few other brands and now after trying these, they're just divine. Oh you God. can, um, I use my finger and I, I've just been applying those on the tops of the cheeks and it just looks like your foundation is really dewy and glistening in the right areas of the face. I'm so excited. Um, so, yes, they're my favorite currently. And then obviously um, Opal in the pressed is Ooh, probably my favorite. That is my yeah. – I'm wearing that right now. It's my fave. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I love I love Champagne Pop, but Opal's actually my sneaky favorite. It's but beautiful. The, the highlighting drops now are probably my favorite thing. Oh, my um, are they Are they in and Australia yet? No, oh. they're not in Australia, but you might have to just get a U.S. forwarding address because it's totally worth it. Just get one yeah. of those U.S. forwarding addresses and get them sent there yeah, from um, Sephora because they're honestly and, – and it's a really generous size as well. They Good. also make um, – they also made a loose powder in the um, – in the champagne pop, and what? that's really beautiful as well. Yeah, loose one. So you can use that on eyes, uh, cheeks. You can use it on your body. You can use it anywhere. Um, so, yeah, that's really exciting. I also, too, do love for the body the um, – they're the highlighters from Becca, but in the liquid version, so like a cream. Yeah. So in the opal um, champagne pop, and they're the big tubs of liquids that you can use on the body, but they're actually great on the face as well. Oh, nice. I have I have one of the liquids. Um, what one do I have? I think I have Topaz. Yeah, it's quite yeah, tan. So it is, it's, yeah. Yeah, it's beautiful. Um, so that all over the body. I put that all over my legs, my chest, everything. Oh, yeah. And you can mix that in with your foundation, but I use that just on the highs of, my, on, of the face, and I, 90% of the time that's been my go-to. But since these silk drops have come out, they'll be like – 
I don't, I don't think I'll be picking up anything else for a while. Oh, gosh, I really want them to come out. I wonder when they're coming to Australia. I, I don't know, but oh. I just think I just think they're a collector's edition, so I would be jumping right. on that ASAP. Yeah. Oh, my God. Damn, they should make it permanent. I know. Don't worry. I've put in, a, I've put in some sneaky hints, but hopefully. <laughs> Good. You never know. Yes. And I'm actually really glad that you said um, the blush colours that you like because I really wanted to know because I always love how you have, like, these peachy tones on your models. And yeah. I was like, I need to know. What no, Tiger using. Lily by Becca is incredible. Um, there's Amazing. a video that I did just recently on my on my page where I've used it um, when I was in Italy, and it's honestly my favorite blush. Or the Nars Luster and Orgasm. Okay, in I'm cream and impressed. Amazing. I'm literally going to go find that video after this because yes. yes, I love like a real peachy cheek. Like I don't know, I just think it looks amazing, and you always look just so like you've come back from you a know, holiday or something. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And you know, if you love a peach, I would even mix like. The tiger lily and orgasm together, Ooh. or the and the orgasm. I I'm a real mixer, so I I don't very often just use one color. Like I said, I layer. Yeah. Um, with creams and pressed, or I'll mix the two creams together. Yeah. So um, yeah, because you want to create something that's like unique to you, and and yeah. that's why people come to me as a makeup artists to create things that they couldn't do themselves at home. Yeah. So I tend to mix everything so that. I'm creating a unique service for that person. Oh, I love that. I need to start mixing things because I think I just, yeah, I just kind of use it as it is. And that's how I find out how I like things and create different techniques and methods of makeup is by kind of thinking outside the box and trying to utilize more things because there's so much in our makeup bags that we don't use. Oh my God. Tell and me about I it. think we're so excessive at the, you know, at, at the moment in the world with our products and everything. And um, I think it's really important to, you know, every now and then pull out your makeup bag, pull everything out, throw out things that are out of date, mm-hmm. throw out things that you'll give away things to your friends that you're not using yeah. and minimize and, and look at products that you can mix together and, um, you know, products like, like I said, like the liquid, like that topaz you could be mixing in your foundation when you're more tanned or, yeah. you know, just like uh, trying to be a little bit more creative with what you've already got. Exactly. And it's always fun just having a bit of a play. I'm all for it. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Let's talk winged liner because yeah. this can lead people into having a breakdown yes. when they don't get it right. So yeah. what tips? I still have breakdowns. Don't worry. <laughs> good to know that you're one of us. <laughs> Absolutely. We all have good days and when- crap days when it comes to liquid liner. Oh, don't worry. Hell. Yes, we yeah. all do. So what tips do you have for creating the perfect wing and what form of liner do you like to use for like a wing? So for myself, for instance, I have hooded eyes. So right. I can't wear a traditional wing because mm. it looks great when my eyes are closed, but then I open my eyes and half of my wing has been eaten by my <laughs> eyelid. And you end up with like a crooked line and half yeah. your wing's missing and it actually makes my eyes look smaller and, and sometimes can actually make my eyes look more hooded than what they are so but I love a wing and I put a wing on almost everybody so I on myself I do a brown smoky wing if you have hooded eyes or you're not very confident with winged liner a brown wing is so much more forgiving it um you know you can still have that effect but it's just softer right so Dylan make a great pencil called lionfish which is a great one to use or mac um, Costa Reach is my favorite. Okay. Um, and I use an angled brush and I put the pencil onto the angled brush and I carve out the shape of the wing that I want. Mm-hmm. I create that wing and then sometimes I'll just use a brown shadow to kind of smudge it out to soften it just on the mm-hmm. outer corners. Yeah. Um, 
And it just softens the fact that your eyes are a little bit hooded. Mm -hmm. But cleaning up your wing is the most essential part, especially when you're doing a brown a brown wing. You need to it's hard to kind of make it really sharp and precise. Right. So especially when using a pencil. So um, you can buy, I'm sure you can buy them off Etsy, but I buy them from a brand called My Kitco. They make tiny, tiny, really pointy Q-tips. And they're so Ooh. pointy, if you held them against the skin and dragged them, they'd probably scratch you. They're oh. that pointed. But if you dip them in a little bit of Bioderma and you use them to clean up your wing, a lot of the time I use them in editorials, they'll give you the sharpest, most precise wing, and they make that brown liner look so crisp. So you just clean up that outer corner um, to create a really bold wing. And it's great for liquid liner as well. If you're going to do a black liquid liner, mm-hmm. I personally, in my professional kit, I use... Um, Inglot number 77 which is a really really black um, liner Mm -hmm. Um, but Hourglass make and Kat Von D make great pencils you know like a felt tip pen pen. I can't use them in my kit because with hygiene it's hard to sanitize between clients but at home that is uh, that's what I would be using and then I'd be using a little Q-tip to clean it up I'm really keen on these really pointy ones I need to get some yeah and then it just takes that like stress and anxiety out of getting that perfect wing or you know what the old-fashioned sticky tape under the oh, eye yes um, that that trick works too it does it changes yeah. lives yeah it does. <laughs> so okay that's really good to know because look sometimes we just have those bad days yeah absolutely and we need a bit of help I know yeah I, me too don't worry do. and it's God doing doing a freehand wing like you need to have some nothing, stability that's right, you know? nothing. I always do it after a few drinks on myself because then I think I look good no matter what so, <laughs> so true. Uh, I just I just wait and I have a few drinks before I even attempt to do my own makeup that's so, so funny I'm in the same boat ladies you know what happened to me like years back really funny but um I was about to go to a Hanson concert. Yes. Oh, my God. Hanson. Amazing. Um, and that's that. No jokes. Um, so <laughs> I was about to go to a Hanson concert. And my sister, this was like in the morning because we we're going to go line up so we could get a good like place to stand. And my sister like went and got me a coffee, but she got me a large one. And I got the shakes really bad and I hadn't done my makeup yet. And I oh, wanted no. to do a winged liner. And I'm not even kidding. It took me 10 tries of wiping yeah. it off and doing it yeah. again because my hand could not stop shaking. And it just gets worse oh. and worse and worse the more you push it. Seriously. I was like, I'm sick of this. I'm like, but I was so dedicated to the wing. You've got it. Yeah. So I eventually a- just was like, yeah, this will have to do. You just have to get those Q-tips. They're going to they're gonna oh. change your life. Oh, my God, yes. All over that. So, yeah, now, more makeup. So I want to know makeup hacks you might have or like any general tips you think we all need in our life. Do you have any? Um, I think the Q-tips is a really good hack. Yeah. Um, and I think, like I said, skincare is just like such an essential part of prep and finding like a really good facialist. Um, I spend more money on my skin than I do on my hair, nails, anything. Yeah. Because um, skin for me is so important. I've had problematic skin my whole life. So I spend a lot of time and money on it. And right. I think that that is, I, that's why I think I'm so passionate about it. Mm-hmm. Um I think investing in some great skincare and then, you know, for me, it's about using products too that I I have a few brands that I love and I tend to stick to those, you know, and once I find a product that works for me, I stick to it, you know, yeah, yeah. And I think just like 
getting samples is really important. So when I go to Mecca, I will, I'm not embarrassed. I'll literally get 10 samples of different things and then I'll go home and trial them for a week. Don't just buy, you know, something straight away. Mm. Go home because how many times have you bought a foundation, you get home and you don't like it after, 100%. you know. And they're not yeah, cheap. And, no, and that means too that then you, sometimes it might just be the colour's not right or, you know, it could be anything. It, it, it's really important to get samples and to trial things mm. um, for a week and really see how your skin adjusts to them and how your skin takes to it and what that product's like to layer with other products, etc. Yeah. So um, I think that's a really important thing that a lot of people don't realise you can do. Yeah, I think people are almost like too scared to ask. You know what the I mean? Girls at, the girls at Mecca, can I just say, are angels. Like they are amazing and they are the first to say, here, take a sample trial it you know like take it home I know that like Estee Lauder the counter there they do free color matching and they'll give you a 10-day free trial sample to try you know and I I love that I love that that they're all about you making sure that you get the right shade and the right formula for your skin because even if you don't like that foundation you might go back because they were so helpful and be like hey I didn't like this formula but what about you know, you said this one has more coverage. Can I trial this one? Yeah, right. You know? Yeah. Um, so I think that's a really important thing that people don't realize you can do and that mm. the counters are more than happy to help you with. Yeah, totally. Definitely just ask. No harm in asking, exactly. right? Exactly. Yeah. And they're so helpful. Awesome. Yeah. Good to know. And so I also want to know what maybe three hair and makeup products can't you live without right now? So three hair and makeup products. My gosh, that's like picking a favorite dog. <laughs> um, three hair. Okay. So, for me, dry shampoo. This is I'm yeah. talking about for myself as well. Okay, yeah. Dry shampoo for yeah. me is essential. Mm-hmm. Um, just because I don't have the time to be washing my hair every day, you yeah. know. Um, I a lot of my my early morning call times I'm up at like four, Jeez. you know, four or five in the morning. I'm not washing my hair. Yeah. No um, way. So so the, um, the Swatchcraft dry shampoo is definitely my favorite because it comes in minis and larges. Um, so that would be one. Another is probably I would say any form of I had to choose one, like a tinted a tinted moisturizer or something mm-hmm. to kind of wear every day. Right. Um, any sort of tinted moisturizer or a light coverage foundation, mm-hmm. um, because I, you know I love a little bit of a of a glow, and I've yeah. got problematic skin, so I need a little bit of coverage. And mm-hmm. then um, a cheek and lip stain, always. Nice. Um, nice. Or or mm-hmm. a liquid bronzer. So that's a yes. hard choice. It would be like a liquid bronzer, like the NARS um, Laguna. Okay, yeah, um, yeah, love The Laguna. liquid version of that. Yeah, the liquid version is incredible. So mm. if you're not a big makeup wearer, you could just literally put that on like a contour and it would give you a really beautiful sun-kissed finish. Oh, my God. Yeah, yes. um, or I would choose a lip and a cheek stain so that I could put a little bit of a flush of color on my cheeks, eyes, and lips. Cute. I love that. Very, like, yeah. minimal but very effective at the same time. Yeah. Yes. That's, that's what I was going for. Great. Love it. <laughs> okay. So next, I want to talk to you about this because this is big. So you've teamed yeah. up with Jay Edwards to run masterclasses. So that's from yeah. um, Edwards & Co. Um, yeah. But these aren't your usual, like, hair and makeup tips and tricks. You're actually showing attendees, like, how to better their Instagram and their business, yeah. right? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, these workshops, um, Jay and I, well, we started our relationship, um, I'm trying to think, like a couple of years ago it would be now. Okay. Um, he, I went in, he did my hair, 
And we'd always chatted on Instagram and I was always a big um, believer in when I would do the model's hair and makeup and ask them, who colored your hair? Like who, who colors your hair? I'll tag them because I was a hairdresser. And I I remember Tracy Anderson, who's a really famous colorist in the U.S. who does like Mariah Carey, the Kardashians, all the Victoria's Secrets models, Gwyneth Paltrow. She's incredible. And I met her. I was lucky enough to meet her um, at the start of the year. And she said to me, no one ever tagged the color. You know, they tagged the glam squad. But they yeah. never tag the people who cut and color their hair. And that cut and color makes my styling look better. Yeah, and right. I think because I was a hairdresser, I've always had an appreciation. I understood, you know, like how much that photo and getting that tag and then being able to use that content would mean to them. Yeah. So um, I've always tagged hairdressers. And Jay, um, you know, he would reshare my work and we started, you know, chatting online and then I went in to get my hair done a couple of times and then he messaged me. He's like, hey, do you want to do like a workshop together? And mm. I was like, yeah, let's do it. And me and Jay are good like that. Like we're very, we're just up for anything. Like yeah. we, you know, and Jay, he's such an incredible guy. He's so young and so talented and to have built that empire that he has, I've always looked up to him and, um, you know, he's so business minded and, um, I learned so much even in the workshops just from me listening to him. Yeah. And, um, you know, he was like, let's do something. Let's do a workshop that's a bit different. Like me and him, we still do sometimes up to four models or three models and they get their hair colored. Wow. Um, I style it and I do the makeup. Oh and so gosh. sometimes he'll do extensions. So we do it all at the same time. So it's a really interactive workshop. Wow. People can get up, walk around, come up. It's all live. So they're watching Jay color while I'm doing makeup. And it's not one of those workshops where, it's, you know, you sit there and everyone's scared to ask questions and you yeah. can't really see what's going on. It's really relaxed and um, we started doing these. We did one workshop last year and it was such a success in Sydney that we have done one in every state and we did one in LA and New York and wow. we've got our last one, which is really sad, oh. but our last one, which is actually in Perth where I'm from originally. So that's oh, really great. exciting. Yeah, it's in WA on the 26th of August. Okay. Um, there's still some tickets available, so you can go to Edwards & Co. to purchase those. Awesome. Um, but, yeah, it's our last workshop of this year, But um, which is really sad because me and Jay have had such a good time together yeah. traveling. And, but um, I'm really excited because I feel like we have such a great relationship and we work so well together. We have such a great chemistry and we're right. so different but the same at the same time. You know, we're both Leos. Yeah, um, right. And we're so different but we, but we have this amazing chemistry together and I, he's a, a good friend and I'm really appreciative of the relationship I have with him and those workshops are, are really fun and there's nothing like them. So, right. so it won't we'll, be the we'll end then. No, well, hopefully next year where both our schedules are just crazy. It was hard to even get the dates for these so, yeah, right. um, to make these work. So hopefully definitely next year we'll probably be able to get together again and do some more fun stuff in awesome. the new year. That's great. It's great when you can like kind of find someone in the industry that you can just bounce off with really well and work really well with. Like it just makes things so much more fun and better. Exactly. And me and him are very like collaborate, don't compete. We're very yeah. Um, we're really into building each other up and working with other creatives and um, that's kind of what our workshops are about as well as growing your social media and how to create content and um, things like that that it's also about like you know working with each other and helping build each other up because only great things come from supporting each other 100% totally Mm. agree awesome Mm. okay well since we're talking about successes let's talk milestones so at the start of the year you announced that you're a Becca Cosmetics expert artist for Australia. First of all, congrats. Yeah. That's bloody amazing. Incredible. Thank you. You're welcome. Dream come true. 
true. Yeah. Oh my God, yes. So what do you love about Becca and what does this mean to you? So, oh my gosh, Becca I have used, you know, for years when I first started doing makeup. Mm-hmm. And I, one of my good friends, Brooke, she owns Brooklyn Beauty Bar in at James Street oh, in right. Brisbane. Yeah. Yes, and they used to stock Becca. So, um, you know, I knew a little bit about the brand. I had a few products in my kit when I first started. Mm-hmm. Um, and I used to see all the stuff at the salon and um, they raved about the brand and loved it. And I eventually, like, you know, started investing in more more and more of their products. And it's one of the only brands I've ever come across where I I legitimately love every single product that they have. You know, normally with most brands, you have one or two things, you know, whether it's a blush or you like their eyeliners. But Becca, I always, I loved all of their products, but I also loved, for me, their messaging. Right. Like what Becca's all about. Um, You know, like at an event I went to recently, they had a photo booth, which was like, you can sit with us. And they're all about diversity and encouraging and uplifting women and glowing together. And, you know, I'm, I think that is, we need that at the moment in this day and age. And I am all about that and I loved what they stood for and when it all eventuated and it happened and I heard that they even knew who I was, it was an actual dream come true oh, and I so I just think we're we're a really good fit, both of us. You know, I yeah. think um, brand alignment, we're just a great fit for each other and they've given me so many amazing opportunities and I'm obsessed with the products and I feel so good about using it and having it in my kit and promoting it because I genuinely have always used it and and really believe in the brand and believe in their values and what they stand for. Amazing. A bit of a full circle moment for you, hey? 100%. It's Mm -hmm. like a pinch. I just came back from New York from launching that champagne pop um, collection. And like when I was on the plane, I was like, my gosh, three years ago, I remember getting my first PR package and just feeling like, all my dreams had come true and I honestly could not I forget sometimes to celebrate each milestone instead of always thinking about my goals and my dreams for the future and Mm -hmm. not just being in the moment and you know sometimes I'm like oh my god I never want this to end you know like this is so incredible and I just can't believe that I'm doing what I'm doing and that I you know like honestly it sounds corny but it's so true and I'm so appreciative because I've really done the hard yards you know I've really yeah I've really started from the bottom and and I'm so appreciative of every part of my career and every step that I've had well deserved Emma well deserved You're welcome. That's amazing. I love seeing when people bloody just get what they really deserve and what they've worked for. And that's that's just amazing. And I'm so happy for you. That's bloody sick. I love it. Thank you. Thank you so much. You're welcome. 100%. Need to support everyone. It's amazing. You do. People are killing it. That's amazing. Yeah. And there's so much room for everybody. There's, you know, there's, uh, we're in such a, it's such an amazing time to be an artist at the moment and, and, or, or, or creative in any way because we have these platforms and, you know, I'm, I just think you can be whatever you want within the industry. Whereas when I first yeah. started hairdressing, you had to be able to do everything. Yeah. You had to be able to do every single service. And now you can be just a stylist or just a cutter or yeah. just a colorist or, you know, and that I just think people starting out now, it's, you can get discovered at 19 years old. I remember scrubbing floors with gumption and thinking, oh my God, how am I, I don't know anyone in the industry. I've got to get a magazine shoot to get recognized. And yeah. how am I ever going to do that? And you had to, know people and you had to Mm -hmm. somehow get you know published and we've got these platforms that you don't have to you know there's ways for people to see your work 
percent. Um, you know, yeah. and I think that it's such an exciting time. It is. And, you know, if you work hard and you prove yourself and, you know, good things will come. Exactly. You know, and I'm, you know what? I'm, I'm kind of glad that for me that it happened when I was a bit older, you know, mm. when I was like 29. I, I think that when I went freelance, I was just turning 30. And I think I wouldn't have been ready in my 20s for yeah. what I'm doing now. Mm-hmm. And so everybody's story is different. Everyone's journey is different. And um, I, although in my 20s, I've, you know, I had times where I felt I really lo- felt really lost and I didn't know what I wanted to do and mm-hmm. I had down moments and high moments and yeah. um, you know I, I just I didn't really know what I wanted to do with my life or where I sat and I never felt really good about hairdressing and to have gone through all that and be where I am now I think is why I have such a big appreciation and why I sometimes feel so much pressure on myself because I realize how lucky I am yeah. and you know all of what I went through in my 20s which was so hard was leading me up to what I'm doing now. A hundred percent. And it's funny how it always happens that way. Like it's funny, even I know for myself, um, a couple of years ago, I was like in a career rut and I'm like, I don't really know what I want anymore. Like I'm just a bit lost. And then fast forward to now and look like I'm sitting in a radio studio doing this and I'm I'm on the radio and it's crazy. And I'm like, what the hell? Like, you know, but this is what I always wanted, but I was just in a bit of a rut. And it's just like, if you just, you know, kind of chip at it and you, you know, you keep proving yourself and, you know, yeah, obviously you're going to have your hard. down days. You just got to work hard. You know, that's the thing. Nothing, nothing beats hard work. And you, you, know, know, you know what? I don't, determination. I don't like when people say to me, oh, you're so lucky. I'm like, well, you know what? I've actually worked really hard. You know? Yeah. I think it's just that a lot of the time people don't see that. They just see when you start rising. And yeah. um, that's yeah. why I always talk about, you know, my hardships or what I went through in my 20s to mm-hmm. get where I am. Because I think a lot of people see people online and their success, what they view as success. and they don't see what goes on behind the scenes. They don't 100%. see me, you know, writing back to emails at 12 o'clock at night and missing out on time with my husband or yeah. packing and unpacking constantly and yeah. washing brushes and disinfecting kits and, yes. you know, you know, yeah. um, oh, t- carrying my 30 kilo kit up flights of stairs oh in Italy God. and 30 degree heat. You know, people don't see that. And that, and, but also too, they didn't see all the struggles and all the crappy mm. moments and all the yeah. shitty jobs and bosses or whatever I had mm. um, to get. To this point. So yeah. I think it's really important um, for people to see that it's a journey. Yeah. And I love that you're sharing that because I think, yeah, people just get caught up in what they see and they don't know the backstory, but it's good exactly. to yeah always share like how you got there. And that's why I wanted to have you on because I know, you know, you've been chipping away for years. So yes. Love it. So thank you for coming on. But yeah, amazing. My pleasure. You're welcome. I just want to (laughs) end on um, like what advice would you give to budding freelance hairstylists and makeup artists? I think as far as advice goes from what I've learned, I do think that like we we were speaking about like hard work, you can't beat it. And really manifesting what it is that you want. You know, it wasn't until I did makeup and, you know, and I I actually did a photography course as well um, after hours and, and put myself through a little six-week course because I didn't know what I wanted to do. Instead of just getting stuck in a rut, I was like, I have to keep busy. Yeah. I have to keep learning new things. Even if it's, I never saw myself being a makeup artist, I just knew that I was creative and it was something I'd probably be good at and it would help with my hair ability, you know? Yeah. And, I just constantly put myself through things to try and help me find what it was that I was going to do with the rest of my life and yeah. not just getting down, if, you know, get down in a rut and sometimes we have crappy days, but then it's important to keep pushing yourself and keep finding what it is that you want to do or who you're going to be. Yeah. And I think that is 
so essential, as well as like hard work, turning up, being determined. You know, I've, I have days where I come home and I cry and, and I feel horrible and I don't feel good about my work. And other days where I come home and I feel like I bloody nailed it. You yeah, know, yeah. I still have those days. Yeah. I still have the days where I get nervous and I'm in my car and I'm freaking out about the brief and yeah. doubting myself. And I'm just really good at putting myself in situations that make me feel uncomfortable and yeah. forcing myself. And you have to, to do, do it them. sometimes, don't you? You have to. And I, I remember like some things I would feel physically sick taking that job because... Yeah. I didn't think I could do it, but it's important because whether I was happy with what I did, I would always give it my best and it would be something that I would learn from. And I think just being hard work, being reliable, being honest, being genuine, working with other artists, like my relationships with other artists in the industry are definitely a reason why I am where I am today. I've learned from them. I've collaborated with them, you know, and working with local creatives gives you a network of support, but also to when I wasn't available for weddings, when I first started out, I would always recommend my girlfriend and then she wasn't available. She would recommend me. And that's how I built my business was from recommendations. People don't believe it, but word of mouth is still the strongest form of advertising to this day. I have. 100% agree. Yeah. yeah, I still believe that. And I think sometimes people forget about that. Yeah. And I think just as far as like social media and starting out, it's important to remember who you are, what you wanted and what Mm. you want to be known for. So I always say only put out what you want to attract. Yes. So when you're building your socials, think about what clientele you want, what sort of hair and makeup you want to be doing, what when people think of Emma Chen, they think of, you know, textured hair, big waves, yeah. long skin, glossy skin. And that's because I created that. I created yeah. that branding and that theme. And even though sometimes at a wedding I'd do this amazing French roll and technically it was an amazing French roll and mm-hmm. other hairdressers would appreciate it, I wouldn't post it because right. I don't want somebody to book me then after seeing that and say, I want that French roll. Yeah. You know, I only posted what I wanted to be known for and mm-hmm. I think that was the best thing that I ever did and the strongest piece of advice I can give anyone. I love that. That's so true. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. Great advice. Thank, thank you. you. <laughs> no, thank you. This is great. Um, so we've got all the serious stuff out the way. So yeah. I just want to uh, officially end on a few random questions for you. Okay. Do it. <laughs> okay. I'm ready. So great. Number one, would you rather always have to do your makeup in the dark or have to use your hands to do your makeup? Or have to use my hands to do my makeup. Really? That's one. I use, I use my hands so much for makeup anyway, so yep. it's fine. Yep. Okay, perfect. Awesome. I thought that one, yeah, I don't know how that one was going to go because I'm like, you're like a pro, so I, I'm <laughs> no, sure you find hands, a way around absolutely. it. Absolutely. <laughs> okay, number two, do you wake up first or open your eyes first? Like, how does this happen? Um, I would say I probably, I would say I'm one of those people who I wake up and then I don't open my eyes for a little while. I just right. sit here. Yes, yeah, I just right. lie in bed and chill out. No, just like um, zen, uh, yeah. And zen out, yeah, and then <laughs> I wake up. And normally it's because I have lash extensions and I don't want to rub them. <laughs> so I That's give amazing. it a minute for my lashes. I'm dedicated to kind of 
for my my eyes to open. Yeah, but I'm definitely yeah. one of those people who just lies in bed for about 10 minutes and thinks, oh, my God, how am I going to get out of bed? And yeah. I shouldn't have gone to bed so late and then I'll open my eyes and right. get going. Interesting. I think it would be kind of weird if you, like, open your eyes first. Like yeah. you wake and you just open. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like all in one yeah. go. It'd be Absolutely. kind of something from a horror movie. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Creepy. No, I'm definitely a slow riser, that's for sure. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Okay. So number three, what's one random thing you have in your handbag right now? Oh, my gosh. Um, oh, I need to go out and have a look. I haven't looked in my handbag. Something random. Yeah. Um, well, I always have food in my handbag because I'm a snacker. I'm always oh, – I'm constantly yeah. eating. Same. I would say, yeah, Either there's lots of random snacks happening in that bag. Um, oh, oh, my gosh. I don't know. Um, I'm trying to think. There's so much in it. Yeah. Um, there's probably so much unnecessary stuff in it. But yeah. I would say probably food is one of the, the most random things because, I, honestly, I can't. I, there's nothing worse than being hungry. I know. Oh, my God. <laughs> Such a big foodie. So, yeah, there'd yeah. be tons of protein bowls and all sorts of things Yum. at the bottom of that handbag. Amazing. Great. I think mine's literally full of just like receipts and paper and yeah. crap that I don't need and I just need to chuck out. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm I'm the same. I'm a bit of a snacker myself. Like I, yeah. I, I always say I don't eat big portions. I'm just always eating. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh no, I eat big portions too. <laughs> you get I'm the best of both, both worlds. Yeah, I'm a bit of both. <laughs> amazing. Terrible. Yeah. Emma, you've been amazing. This has been such a great chat. Thank you so much for coming on. Oh my gosh, of course. Thank you for having me. And You're welcome. Such a blast from the past to speak to you again. I love it. Uh, yeah. um, and I appreciate you taking the time to um, interview me. And I, I, I get so ch- you know chuckled that anybody even wants to um, hear about my journey or, or my recommendations. So thank you so much again. No, thank you and good luck with everything. I'm keen to just see how you go from here. My God. <laughs> Thanks, beautiful. You're welcome. Thanks. Okay, Bye. Fashion Avenue is a Hit Network original podcast produced at Hit 105 Studios in Brisbane. Created, produced and hosted by Amber Lowther. Check out fashion-avenue.co and our Instagram at Fashion Avenue Podcast. Editorial support provided by Tegan Sides. Executive producers are Scott McDonald and Matthew Eggleston. For more great audio storytelling, head to hit.com.au and most importantly, don't forget to subscribe.